Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your host and Fraser Crane cosplayer, <laughs> Kavitaharian. I'm listening. And I am uh, your Niles Crane uh, cosplayer, <laughs> just waiting for uh, my, um, oh my gosh, what was his ex-wife's name? Uh, Maris. Phil- Maris. I was just, just waiting for my Maris. Uh, <laughs> couldn't even get this into Actually, right. I feel uh, like we are kind of like the, the Crane brothers. Are we are. <laughs> Oh, um, this is the actually this is what we're going to pivot to is just Frasier. Uh, yeah, uh, commentary. <laughs> we'll call it tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Um, speaking of my Frasier Crane moment, how good am I at these transitions? Oh, so good. Today we're talking about <laughs> Hello Dolly, which yes. I imagine would have been a musical that Frasier Crane grew up watching, probably. Right? Absolutely. Like I can absolutely see him being like, mm, yes, Niles. You know, it's amazing that Carol Channing is still doing the role of Dolly Levi, but. <laughs> I've imagined she's hit an age where it's just too much. Yeah. Yes. Hello, Dolly is a movie musical. Uh, it's a very famous one. Mm-hmm. It's one that I'm vaguely familiar with. Sure. I think that at some point during the pandemic or the panini, as we called it, uh, yes. Sarah put it on in the background while I was like drawing something. So I sort of saw some of it, not really like focused on it or anything, but sure, sure. I'm at least like vaguely familiar with the, with the concept and sure. it's, it's like Walter Matthau and is it, uh, Bar- is it Barbara Streisand? Yeah, it's, it's Barbara Streisand. Oh, it is, right, right. Yeah. Yes. And she's like some sort of uh, matchmaker or something like that. And yeah, basically you got it right there. That's all I remember. I remember that's that. It. That's and the end of the this, podcast. You, you, that's you got it. it. <laughs> you nailed it. That's basically it. <laughs> and yeah. then I remember that it's the one, it, this is also the one that plays in Wally, right? The yes. one where he's, yes. he's like watching that clip while Wally's trying to, it's like his idea of love or intimacy right. is like holding hands and they kept right. cutting that clip. But that's the extent of my knowledge of Hello Dolly and Wally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were talking about where we would go next after last week's episode. And I think we're still sort of sitting in a similar era of uh, it seems like a similar it's like a, there's like a theme here happening. I don't quite know sure. what it is, but it's like old timey <laughs> musicals we, from the 50s and 60s. Well, this is actually, I think, a very, um, you know, because there's there's still a lot of stuff that we haven't quite sat on yet. But this is kind of the movie that killed musical movies for a long mm-hmm. time. So it's, right. it's kind of interesting the that we're sitting the here. musical film. At least the big budget musical film. Um, Hello, Dolly. Even though it, I think it did technically recoup its cost, it was kind of a shit show of a movie in terms of production, in terms of going over budget, in terms of just Love like it. people getting along with each other. Uh, notoriously, mm. like... Barbara Streisand being miscast in this role. Uh, that, that was a huge topic of conversation. Really? Yes, oh, because okay, okay. someone described Dolly in Hello, Dolly, the musical, as kind of like the mm-hmm. King Lear for musical actresses. Because <laughs> okay. like this, this, this show was <laughs> such a hit that like, and yeah. ran for so long for the time that like basically, and it had toured so extensively within the few years that it had been out that like it had been played by 50 different people most notably carol channing it was kind of carol channing's like star vehicle and Mm, she was not cast in the film and barbara streisand was and it was just like this whole like whoa whoa what uh fuck yeah yeah yeah. which we'll get more into later but uh yeah dolly's meant to be a middle-aged woman and uh barbara streisand was 26 at the time Mm, and this I movie see. was made and she just well, come for off Hollywood of, standards. 26 years right? old is essentially like middle aged. I think I think <laughs> they, the, 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 the reasoning behind Carol Channing not being cast was one. It's if you've ever seen Carol Channing, Carol Channing is was God bless her, like kind of a human cartoon figure in real life. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've only ever seen her old. I never, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think I've seen what she looks like young. I'm just familiar with her as like an older lady. I think Carol Channing has kind of always looked like Carol Channing. Has you she know? always just looked old? Okay. She yeah. just kind of always had that kind of, like you go and watch videos of her performing Hello Dolly at the White House in like 1967. Mm. <laughs> she looks like almost exactly the same. Really? Uh, <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like, you know, rumors about why she wasn't cast and why Barbara was. And some people say, you know, Barbara Streisand had just won an Oscar for Funny Girl, but Funny Girl, like, mm was already like there's there's so much this movie's such a shit show in terms of how it got made so i think it's important to know here before going in that um mm-hmm. fox had struck a deal with uh the producer of this show that the movie mm-hmm. would not come out until the show had finished running or okay. they hit 1971 and okay. uh like th- this again was a hit show the, the the producers did not wanted it to run for as long as they could and also yeah. um David Merrick is the name of the producer of the of the mm-hmm. stage producer. Uh, had also owned a ton of shares in Fox, so he was just kind of hijacking <laughs> the whole ah. studio. So, like you know, like they're sitting on this movie Ooh, that had intrigue. basically been finished like a year before it was released. Holy uh, shit, it was just sitting there. Yeah, and Fox basically just like chickened out and ended up buying <laughs> the, the the ability to run it earlier than they had contractually agreed to from David Merrick. Uh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this so. You can imagine already how much a movie that has been sitting, you know, untouched for a year is going to look, you know, after all of this, before getting released, you know, uh, on top of like about 8,000 other things going on with it at the time. But with that said, maybe we should get into the notes because I think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Real quick before we do, though, what's um, what what, what was your history with this? Like, is this something you grew up watching a lot or is Um, it? It's kind of one of those movies that like my parents were both like Barbara Streisand fans, but like they liked mm-hmm. they liked Funny Girl and they liked Yentl and they liked On a Clear Day. They did not really like Hello Dolly. And it was kind of a movie that I saw a bunch of times on and off as a kid, but never really like mm-hmm. internalized. So it's not super embedded into your like no. musical kind of lore. Okay, it's so. honestly more just like the idea of Hello Dolly is more what's kind of in the back of my brain because it was such like a big pop culture hit. Like, do you yeah. know the do you know the song Hello Dolly? Like the title yes. song so like yeah. when yeah like that that everyone knows fucking hello dolly it's also kind of like the singing dancing waiter big scale like goofy rom-com like i don't know just like the, the the image of it is so embedded in musical theater and also again with the title song i should say it knocked the beatles off the number one chart when louis armstrong recorded it like it was kind of like <laughs> i think the last time Weird. a musical had done that for a really like would do that you know and the beatles no less you're right exactly i think it was like it knocked off can't buy me love or something like that but uh oh. yeah the louis armstrong okay. version um but yeah okay. No, I didn't have a super strong like connection to it growing up. No strong emotional connection no, to it. No. Okay, perfect. Okay, Hello Dolly Woo! is a 1969 American musical romantic comedy directed by Gene. Wait, directed by Gene Kelly? Yes, Gene Kelly directed this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, did, I had no idea. I mean, not that I knew that much about it, but that's yeah. wild. I know yeah. it was fucking Gene Kelly, our yep. boy. Yep. Um, with a script by Ernest Lehman, it's based on the Tony Award winning 1964 stage musical by the same name with music and lyrics by Jerry Herman. Remind it's, me again of what Jerry Herman uh, has done. Lakasha Falls. With. This is probably his big show. Uh, his biggest show. Hello, Dolly. The Birdcage. Yeah. Uh, the Bird. Yeah. Yes. Lakasha Falls, The Birdcage, uh, Mame and this, I think, are like the three big Jerry Herman shows. Uh, as we mentioned, the film stars Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. Walter Matthau, mm-hmm. Michael Crawford. 
Uh, the Angelina Don't Bring Up Phantom <laughs> Challenge commences. This is in parentheses. Yeah. Angelina Don't Bring Up Phantom. I, um, oh, it's going to be very hard. <laughs> Tommy Toon. Yeah. And Louis Armstrong. Yeah. It's quite a cast. Yeah. Uh, it's 1890 and all of New York City's society is abuzz because Dolly Levi, the famous matchmaker and widow, is back in town. Yes, she is. Dolly's current client, the surly half a millionaire Horace Vandergelder. That's mm. quite the name. Uh, is on the look for a wife, yes. while Vandergelder's daughter, Ermengarde, is... I've never heard the name Ermengarde before. Now you know it. <laughs> uh, now I know it. Daughter yeah. Ermengarde is being courted by another one of Dolly's clients, a young artist by the name of Ambrose, mm-hmm. whose courtship is met with disapproval. So many love triangles. Uh, like I feel like all we're... All we're doing is just like this person's in love with this person. And then this I, I, I hate also to tell secrets. you, Kava, it's, it's love triangles all the way down. It's turtles. So much all the it's, way down. It's all the way down. <laughs> I wish it was Ninja Turtles all the way down, but what? I digress. <laughs> it's Ninja Turtles all the way Soon, down. Soon, Dolly's romantic machinations begin to tumble out of control as they fold into Vandergelder's employees, a New York City hat maker and her assistant, and a dance contest at one of the fanciest restaurants in town. <laughs> Will all the characters end up with romantic partners assigned to them by fate? How many dancing waiters can be contained in a single film musical before the movie breaks? All this and more in Hello, oh. Dolly. Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Too hard. Hello, Dolly. Another exclamation point musical, too. We just have I a know. lot of them lately. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Uh, Adapted from Thornton Wilder's 1938 farce, The Merchant of Yonkers, itself based on a 19th century English farce. Everything is based on everything. Everything's a remake of a remake, copy of a copy of a copy. A copy of a Hello, Dolly. Opened at the St. James Theater on January 16th, 1964, after two trial runs in Boston and Washington, D.C., and much rewriting. Mm-hmm. It swept the Tony Awards that year, garnering 10 wins out of 11 nominations, tying with South Pacific for a record that wouldn't be broken until 37 years later by the producers. Yeah. Likewise, it ran for another six years, finally closing in December of 1970. And while the show has enjoyed tremendous success since its initial run with countless revivals across the globe, the film version has had a more mixed legacy, with some calling it the nail in the coffin on big budget musicals for the next several decades. I'm interested in, this is like the, uh, the Ishtar of, of films in a way. Kind of, too yeah. much money Got, didn't do well. Yeah. Probably wasn't as bad as everyone thinks it was at the time, but maybe right. it had a little too much expectation about it. Yeah. 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 There's just like, I think it's a really good case study in why a lot of musical movies tend to fail these days. There's a lot going on, mm-hmm. like between like, they kept pushing it out farther and farther to releasing it from like when it was still relevant, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. miscasting, to putting so much money into it and, you know, taking so like and this is sad, taking chances on things that, you know, shouldn't have been successes. Like when do studios do that now? You know, I'm very excited. I was talk- talking before this episode how excited I was to talk mm-hmm, about it because mm-hmm. it's just an interesting yeah. case of a film fucking up and bombing and in a really <laughs> Way that has a lot I mean, of on consequence. Paper, it, it, it seems it seems it's like hit musical, Gene right. Kelly directing, Barbara Streisand who just won an Oscar, right, and fucking Walter right. Matha. It seems like a no brainer, right? You would at think. least just like on the surface of what it is. If you yeah. just as a pitch, they'd be like, yeah, sold, boom. And it wasn't necessarily that it, it like tanked. Um, it made its budget back by I think just a little over a million dollars. But by that point, it had cost the studio so much money, and they were paying interest on all of, like these loans that they had like acquired because mm-hmm. of it, and they were also uh, kind of cleaning up the mess they had left after. So before Hello Dolly came, 
uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Doolittle, the Rex Harrison musical that bombed. That yeah. was also a Fox thing, and then Star, which was this original musical they had written for Julie Andrews, that also mm-hmm. bombed horribly. And uh. like, so Fox was just like leaking money, like it was just like hemorrhaging money, super bad. People and they're are just sitting, over musicals at this point. They're too, so over musicals, like. and it's just kind of like I, I think we talked about this with either company or at some point, like that um, musicals were also starting to trend the way movies were trending, which was like darker Mm -hmm. and grittier and realer. Like I know company isn't, you know, the deer hunter, but it also is very much far removed from like what musicals were in like the sixties and the fifties, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. grounded, like, less fantastical like yes it was the era of christopher nolan style right. uh, musicals of just like let's root this in reality and have right everything's gritty and, re- and, <laughs> it's and, and a superhero grounded. movie it's about real right like <laughs> it's I mean, real life with superheroes in it sort of right exactly it's like what if batman had a gun um uh. <laughs> effectively killed movie musicals <laughs> for a very long time, at least high budget ones. You know, you got things like Rocky Horror and Cabaret, but like, you know, there's no more big like casts of hundreds types things. This with all these elaborate sets when of it costumes. got too big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, it was all because of the Sound of Music being a very big success and everyone was trying to copy I was going to say, wasn't Sound of Music's like around the same time? Am sound I of Music mistaken? was 1965 and like it cost so... Oh, the, okay, so it was a few years before. Yeah, it's, it's basically like looking at like, I, I'm like, what's the fucking next Marvel or DC movie that nobody cares about, about that is coming out? Like, it's like they're trying to chase the success of, le- of other things that came before it with like mm-hmm. much more studio involvement and like... Way more inflated budget. Uh, so, Sound of Music came out in 1965. Always works, by the way, just Always so you guys works. know. More it, studio involvement and more money is right. usually the recipe for success. Right. Well, the Sound of Music came out in 1965, and it, one, cost, I think, a third of what Hello, Dolly cost. Hello, Dolly cost $25 million <laughs> to make, and the Sound of Music Shit. was a third of that. And yeah, uh, yeah. it also made a shit ton of money. So as, as soon as like that happened and like, cause like people at the time with sound of music were like, are movie musicals still a viable thing? Are road shows, which is where like, you know, you'd have these limited run uh, screenings of these movies mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you'd have like an intermission and you'd get a program. And it was kind of treated like you were actually seeing a live musical. Like mm-hmm. it, the, the studios were questioning if those were still profitable and sound of music came out and said yes. And so like yeah. everything yeah. afterwards was just them trying to chase sound of music between like, Camelot, which also was a bomb, and Man of La Mancha, and 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 Star, and Doctor Doodle, and then finally this, you know, <laughs> this Man, like it's a rough era. It, the it, end it, of it's it. rough, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I love a disaster. Yeah, disasters I, are always fun. I honestly don't know if the because I haven't seen it in since maybe college and I don't know if it's actually bad as much as it's just kind of like as the kids say mid <laughs> you know right. like oh, I doubt I doubt that it's as bad as people made it out to be it sure. seems like they just put too much money and too much expectation on it I'm sure it's like fine we'll see maybe we'll come out of this yeah. and be like fuck this I hate this, fuck this I never want to see another yeah. dancing waiter again I will fucking lose my mind I don't know I don't know we'll see I'm actually very excited to watch it um Especially just kind of knowing all the behind the scenes stuff. It ruined a father and son relationship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. This is actually a pretty fascinating one. So that said, enjoy. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll go to the break and watch Hello Dolly and then return. We turn indeed. None the wiser. All right. This episode is sponsored by Curiosity Stream a subscription streaming service with thousands of documentaries and nonfiction titles, such as Great Film Composers, 
the music of the movies. An insightful documentary series, Great Film Composers explores the origins and influence of film music and the composers who developed some of the most iconic soundtracks in history, such as King Kong, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings. As an obsessive fan of movie scores, I scored this series a 10 out of 10. But I didn't score my scorecard properly, so when I went to tear the paper, it ripped all weird, and then I was excoriated for not doing a good job, and then just, you know, whatever, you guys, just please watch the documentary, okay? You can also get access to our streaming video service, Nebula, when you sign up for CuriosityStream using our code at curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. The Streamy Award-nominated Nebula is a video streaming platform built by and for creators. So you've got CuriosityStream, Porque Nebula, because it's a place for smaller, indie education-type creators to try out new ideas that might not work out on YouTube. With Nebula, you can see original video essays, films, documentaries, and the like from creators like Cat Black, Sarah Zed, and Abigail Thorne. Right now, you can get CuriosityStream and Nebula for only $2.99 a month or $15 for the full year by visiting curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. Once you use the code, you'll get a welcome email from Nebula giving you access to CuriosityStream and Nebula and a whole library of awesome stuff to watch. Well, hello, Kava. <laughs> it's so nice to have you. So that's my Carol Channing impersonation. I feel like everyone has like I love it. I feel like everyone has a Carol Channing within them. I can't do impersonations for shit, and I'm pretty sure Carol Channing is rolling over in a grave right now. Um, but that was my. I, I thought that was wonderful. It was oh, very. Thank you. Uh, I, didn't, I had no idea what was happening. I was very very confused, <laughs> but I appreciated it. Just go up to a stranger on the street and just do your best Carol Channing. Be like, it's so nice to have you back where you belong. That's my. Uh, yeah, if you've never seen Bob the Drag Queen do Carol Channing, it's one of my favorite things in the world. That's a tangent, but I highly recommend you seek it out, even if you have no idea who Carol Channing is. But if you're listening to this podcast and don't know who Carol Channing is, then I'm just kind of questioning your life's choices and how you ended up falling into this. Unless you're Kappa. Yeah, but yeah. unless you're me or a fan of me being flustered by everything. <laughs> Speaking of flustered by everything, hello, Dolly. Yes, hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of plot that like isn't really plot. It's just sort of like, the short version of it is yeah. Barbara Streisand plays Dolly Levi, who's yes. the original fucking analog version of, you know, Tinder, Bumble, Grinder, or whatever the fuck, yeah. like a matchmaker. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was watching this. I was like, how did no tech company like start a fucking oh, dating God. app called Hello Dolly? <laughs> Hello Dolly. I felt like genius idea right there. I should have been a millionaire by now, but oh, I'm an my idiot, God. so I didn't do that. That that that's an amazing idea. Instead, now maybe that's like- the theater kid version. Actually, <laughs> right. like when theater. Ki- Right? Didn't they just release some conservative one or something? Oh, some sure. conservative dating app? They should be a theater kid dating yeah. app, which is just called Hello Dolly. It's called Hello Dolly. And like, you can like, it's like, oh, do you like Sondheim now? Okay, then we're not going to like level yeah. at all. Oh, do you fuck. like, how is do you this feel genius? about this? Should I patent this? This is fuck. so good. Like, you just need to find, <laughs> you just need a really cynical billionaire fr- friend to throw some money into it. And uh, yeah, so if anyone or anybody out there, famous in the theater world, yeah. <laughs> if I'm looking for funding for my app, Hello Dolly. Yeah, Patty LaPone. I know you just turned in your SAG card. Give us all your money. and uh, Perfect. Or not your SAG yeah, card, your actor's equity it. card. Just give us your money and we'll yes. make Hello Dolly happen. Uh, <laughs> for the uh, 300 people so anyway, out there that want Dolly, it. 
Yeah, right. It's very exclusive. Right. So Dolly, Dolly is, is the matchmaker. It's all about how she's going to visit. Uh, what the fuck's his name? It's just Walter Matthau. He yeah. Walter Matthau is just Horace, Walter Matthau in every movie. Right. Like he's always looked like Walter Matthau. Um, yeah. Horace Vandegelder, who owns uh, Hor- right, Vandegelder. the famous half a millionaire who owns like this very successful feed shop out in Yonkers. He's a very prominent citizen. And she's going out there to help him find a wife with the intention that she's very on the nose about, about wanting to marry him herself. Cause she's also a widow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so she's, uh, she's got this, she's going to set him up with this lady who owns a shop in New York. She yeah. goes out to Yonkers. You meet him, you meet his, his, uh, the people that work at his shop or yes. these two simps. Yeah. Who are Cornelius and Barnaby. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're 30 years old. And we've never kissed a girl and all yeah. we've ever done is work and like right. saved our money. And all, they only have like a hundred dollars to their name between yeah. the two. Not even, like one of them is, has like $4 and the other one has like a hundred dollars right. total saved. Right. And they're like, oh shit. Like our lives are totally lame and stupid. Yeah. Uh, Dolly shows up. She's like, hey. Oh, and then also, uh, fucking what's the dude again? Fucking uh, Walter Matthau has a knee. Half a millionaire. <laughs> Half a millionaire. He's got a niece yeah. that like wants to marry this dude, Tommy yeah. Toon. Um, for some reason, he's like not into it because she he's an artist, which I felt personally attacked by. Right. But totally logical. <laughs> he's just um, railing I against also like not marry an artist. nobody. You, yeah. you can't be successful. <laughs> you have to sell something that somebody needs like once a year to be even remotely successful, and nobody needs art. Yes, <laughs> like it's basically like his grind against harsh. Uh, yeah. oh, personally attacked. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he doesn't want her to marry her. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to send my niece to the city, to New York, to not be around this dude. Dolly is. Uh, so anyway, whatever. Like hijinks ensue. Dolly's yeah. like unbeknownst to everybody else. She's coming in to. Um, originally, she's going in to bring the niece back to New York. But then on the side, secretly. Yeah. Uh, 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 Matthau is looking for a, for a wife. But he basically just wants. Do you remember that episode of, of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Where he's like, I'm looking for a bang maid. Like, that's basically all he's looking for. <laughs> He literally has a song where that's like literally. <laughs> he just yeah. wants a bang maid. He doesn't really want a wife. He just yeah. wants like someone who will clean up everything and that he can also bang. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> suffice it to say, that's not the basis of a good relationship. No, not at all. Not a healthy one. Uh, but so, yeah. So like all of these characters basically we have just set into motion like they all want to bang somebody if they know the person's <laughs> name, that's one thing. But like, just the idea is to get to get some nut in. Yeah. <laughs> Dolly wants to nut a uh, uh, Horace Vandergelder, uh, uh, who wants to nut this woman named Irene, who he thinks he's going to marry. She owns this hat shop, and she also ends up becoming a prominent character. Uh, kind of Gar- looks like Mary Poppins, by she the way. I feel like she's wearing like the exact Poppins. same costume. Yeah, uh, uh, she also has a woman who works at her shop who wants to bang, and then those. So Irene and her her employee end up like banging Cornelius Hackle, and um, <laughs> what a name! The, and, this <laughs> is the late eighteen hundreds version of banging, where like they hold right. hands and like show ankles or whatever the fuck. Right, and Barnaby, you know, you know, and the shop assistant get together. But so yeah, just basically a comedy of errors of like everyone. Comedy of errors. Yeah. They all go into the city. Barnaby and fucking what's his name, Cornelius, pretend like they're oh yes, rich. They, they pretend they're rich. Yeah, but they are. They broke go in the hot shop and they're like, oh, we're gonna kiss a girl at some point, and then like they pretend that they're rich and they could take these two girls out on a date. Yeah. Yeah. The hat shop lady and her assistant, and then they're like, "Oh, we can pretend like we're rich. They won't know." And then yeah. it turns. In, it reminded me of Half Baked, where he's like, yeah. "I have like one dollar to go on this date. Like, what can I do?" And, right. But then pretend like, "Oh, it's so gauche to take the horse carriage. Like, what right. do the cool, classy people do is walk." Yeah, it's right. So exactly. Pedestrian. No right. pun intended. 
Right. So uh, basically all of this ends up culminating. This all happens in one day, too. Like the whole plot of this yeah, yeah. takes like 90 percent of this all takes place during one day. And this all mm-hmm. culminates at the Harmonia Gardens, which is like this, you know, yes. r- r- the worst restaurant in the world for many reasons that we'll get into. But also like <laughs> it's the longest dinner of all time. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the swankiest place where there's also a dancing contest with like prize money. And Dorcia. so they get an 830 reservation at Dorcia. Dorcia and that's where they all go. It's the Dorcia. <laughs> it's just so fucking impossible to get a reservation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's basically the Dorcia of New York City and everybody is at this restaurant and it all culminates in this big dance competition uh, where uh, <laughs> as 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 dinner is going on, Cornelius and Barnaby confess to Irene and her employee that they're not rich. But she's like, no, that's OK. We had a really nice day with you guys. And we figured it we out knew immediately. You were rich. Yeah, we just had a really yeah. nice day with you guys. So we'll pay for it. But then she discovers that she's forgotten her purse. So they have no money on her wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tommy Toon and Irma Garden Vandergilt's uh, or Walter Matthau's uh, niece are in the dance competition because uh, Tommy Toon's They're like, I'm going to secret w-. right time dinner there. Yeah, because right. they he's snuck like, off to New York together. He wasn't supposed to go with her. But right, right, right. Did. Yeah. And like he's going to win the dance competition. So he has money and he can prove to, you know, Vandergelder that he yeah. he can he can make money. <laughs> He's like I can make money. I want it by dancing in a competition. Yeah, and then he thinks like there's something sneaky about her, and she's sneaking around him. So he's upset, and Dolly ends up hooking him up with her actress friend who pretends to be rich, and like it's all a ploy to like get him so turned off of any other option that he kind of has to like be with this Dolly. poor man. He's yeah. just manipulated from beginning right. to end. Yeah. It's like Dolly is girl bossing him left and right. And it's just like left and right. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to handle it. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, and- Basically, uh, shenanigans happen. Uh, there's shenanigans. So, so many yeah. shenanigans. They should have just called this "Hello Shenanigans." Hello it's shenanigans. Just all shenanigans. Hello chicanery. Like there's just there's just yeah, so chicanery. many chicanery beginning to end shenanigans. Yeah, just so much shenanigans. And then the next day, uh, you know, he, oh, Walter Matthau has also said oh, everything Cornelius. gets found out. They see he sees the the niece there. Yeah, and yeah. Then, it yeah, all goes to it shit. Basically, it all blows up in everyone's face. It all goes to shit. Walter yeah. Matthau's like, I'm never going to marry you and like runs away. And then yeah. she's fake sad and everybody's yeah. like, oh, what are we going to do? And then yeah. the simps get like a hug from they get friend zoned. And I guess I guess yeah. at that time of of the uh, of the turn of the century, that was like getting laid. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, we're going to go tell all of our friends on the Sigma male Reddit thread about how we <laughs> hugged a girl. And like. <laughs> Right, right. I'm 28 and three quarters year old yeah. and I just hugged a girl. <laughs> Ask me anything. And so the yeah. next day, Dolly shows back up in Yonkers to like return something of Horace's to him. And also Cornelius and Barnaby, who were fired by, you know, Walter Matthau because he left them in mm-hmm. charge of the feed shop while he was going into New York. And, you know, yes. uh, also the fact that Cornelius ends up, you know, uh, getting some from the uh, woman that Vandergelt wanted to marry. Or Irene, like that was originally his intended, like, you know, Horace Van Yeah, he was going to go get his booty call, but it didn't right. happen. But then Cornelius took so it. So he's just blue balled and angry, basically, right. is what happened. He's, he's just, just super pissed. I feel bad for the dude. He yeah, sucks, I'm but just, also it's like, just like, Damn. I got all this money and I can't even get married. <laughs> right. <laughs> my guts. Right. Fuck. Uh, but so they all show up and, you know, they, like uh, Cornelius and Barnaby demand, you know, the money that they are owed from Vandergelder and uh, the two women agree to like, you know, be with them. And uh, his niece is going to get married to Tommy Toon anyway. And um, basically what happens then is that like. 
Barbara Streisand as Dolly convinces Walter Matthau to Vander Gelder. I'm, I feel so bad. I'm just like going back and forth between Vander Gelder and Walter Matthau. And it's, it's just like they're both yeah. hard to say um, yeah. uh, for me because I never graduated from first grade. But um, so uh, like <laughs> Dolly convinces him to let Cornelius be his partner um, and yep. for Barnaby to take Cornelius's position as the head clerk. And then Vander Gelder says something to the effect of like, you know, I always thought that money was supposed to be like manure. You spread it around so like things can grow from it. And like Dolly's like, oh, it's a sign from my, you know, dead husband, husband who used to say that sort of thing. And like they eventually concede that like they want to be with each other and then they get married and all's well that ends well. And that's how everybody gets married. Yes. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like fucking maybe in Arrested Development. May I add, marry me? That's like every person is like, marry me. Right. right. So anyway, if you liked it, you should watch. It's basically that Jennifer Lopez movie called Marry Me, but like every line is marry me right. all the way through. Yeah. So in the end, everyone gets married. Yeah. And that is Hello, Dolly. That's Um, Hello, Dolly. Yes. Uh, Which, yeah, again, a very simple plot for like a lot of it is just like sitting there watching people dance for very long stretches of time. There's so much dancing in this movie that like. Well, it's, of course, directed by Gene Kelly, which means is going to be dancing more than anything. I I was very curious because I feel like I said this before we went on the break. Mm which was that on paper, I was like, this seems like, like, yeah, fine. Like you got Gene Kelly directing, you got right. Streisand, you got like Mathau, right. like, or uh, you got like this, this hit musical. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, I don't feel, I'm like, this seems like, sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see why this wouldn't have been a hit. Like it, it's one sure. of those things that's, it's ironic that like, uh, also I was thinking poor Andrew Stanton, poor Andrew Stanton <laughs> oh, who sure. put, this movie into Wally, and then he went on to do John Carter of Mars, the next film, which was another one that like Disney threw fuck ton of money at. Right, that right. That was expected to be this huge. The irony of it, I was like, poor Stanton, he deserved right. better. He got uh, the Hello Dolly stick on great. him, like. But he literally got the Hello Dolly stick. <laughs> I was like, that poor guy. That's, see, that, um, that's but fair. I was like, I guess, I guess it's context, right? It's like about what was happening and sort of a lot of the behind the scenes bullshit, like you were talking sure. about. But yeah. on its surface. I was like, this was fine. Like, I, I, it's not like my favorite movie or anything, sure. but I was like, this see, I was like, if I didn't know any better, which I don't, sure. and if I didn't know anything <laughs> about the context of when it came out, I'd be like, why was this a total failure? Like, it seems sure. fine. Like, it doesn't seem that different or crazy. It seems like expectations were met sure, <laughs> in terms sure. of like what you would think something like this would be and what the kind of, I, I don't know. I, I get it. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't, I don't I, understand how that happened. So I was going to ask you. And that's like, uh, like, so I talked about like how I don't really have too much of a connection to to Hello Dolly, and yeah. it's interesting to hear you say this because I really struggled watching this one. This one was like, I mean, I struggled, of course, anyway, because I hate everything. But <laughs> sure. I just mean that, like, just based on the elements of it, I was like, it's fine. Like, I, if I had grown up watching this, yeah, like I just think about like Mary Poppins or any of these other like uh-huh. all the other ones from this era, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, like. I, I think I have a connection to certain ones because I just remember them as a kid, but sure. I've never seen this. But I would see this. This could easily have been on the fucking playlist of musicals that you would have watched as a kid. Sure. Yeah, and I yeah, don't yeah. see why necessarily these would have been any this would have been any more terrible than the rest of them personally sure, for me. Sure. But. Like I could easily see like if I had watched Hello Dolly a lot as a kid growing up having like a lot of nostalgia for it. Like I don't think it's like a bad movie per se, but I think what I struggled with in watching this and versus and again, 
you know, nostalgia plays a lot into this. I do love the sound of music. Sure. And I do. I do love like Mary Poppins. But like what I think just I struggled with with this movie was there's such a weird lack of intent in everything. Like with sound of music, it's really hard. You can kind of see the intentions of everything coming through in that. Like, why are we having these big, long ass dance sequences where all of the choreography is basically the exact same? Like, that was like a thing that like mm-hmm. started really grating on me in this. I'm like, there's so mm-hmm. much dancing in this and none of it yeah. feels yeah. Particularly, like Oklahoma, the dance scenes felt motivated to me, you know, like watching the 50s mm-hmm. Oklahoma movie that I don't have a particular affinity for. I was like, OK, I get why we're having this, what's going on. But it's just you have these sure. long stretches of just like kind of the exact same, like hunky dory, a lot of like kickball change and then like high kick dancing. And that's about it. And it just goes on and on and on. And I'm like, yeah, it was it was really rough for me. And what what sucks about this is like um, I think there is like a really good story in Dolly Levi, the character. Like you have this woman who, you know, goes out of her way to make, say hello to everyone and to know everyone and to know how to do everything and know how to put like herself into situations and like seems to enjoy just being alive. But also she, you know, like the big, the, the, the the one thrust that she really has is that she puts herself on the back burner, you know, that she has put herself outside of the world in her own way and like wants to be back in it again. And like, to me, that is like such a great, and it, you know, someone who, again, does not have a huge thing about Hello, Dolly, sitting there watching this movie. I was like, OK, I see the appeal of this. There is like a really very fun, like, character that makes for like this huge, I guess, like vehicle for an actress. But like, I love dance movies, but this was just like this was one was a lot for me. Too I was much. just like, this is too much of the same shit with not a lot of focus going on. And it was like they didn't know. It, like, there's also just like a lot of things that I don't know if it's influenced by like knowing behind the scenes stories about it, but how much like mm-hmm. Walter Matthau and Barbara Streisand hated each other on set. Like, I like I just is like these people do not like they look like they want to be in the same room with each other. Like, there's not even like chemistry. Like, she's doing like this very Barbara Streisand, like, you know, almost fourth. Like, there's a fourth wall breaking high energy. It's very theatrical. And Walter Matthau yeah. is just like in this completely different I'm just going to say that Gene Kelly's not an actor's director. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, like he's not. The, the performances in this are just like what I'm, I think what I'm getting at are just kind of like all over the place and nobody seems to be on the same page as to what this is supposed to be like. And knowing mm-hmm. the behind the scenes stuff like that sounds understandable. Like, oh, we're over budget. Gene Kelly is notoriously a difficult director to have worked for. He has made people cry on set many times. <laughs> like, really? we okay. have, yeah, we have like all of this pressure in like, when is this movie going to get released? Um, you know, we're trying to also live up to the fact that it is one of the biggest Broadway shows right now. Like, and the studio system is changing and everyone's like already, like it it feels like a doomed project to begin with because Fox is bleeding so much money. I don't know. I I just, that was all I could really see. Well, well, let me ask you this then, Uh you know, like the musical is such a huge hit, right? Mm -hmm. Especially at this time. Sure. Why? Or I'm assuming there's not that much dancing in the musical. This is Gene Kelly just being like, I'm going to put my stamp on it by putting as much dancing as possible. Yeah. So there is a lot of dancing in it, but it's not like a, like, it's not so. It's not a dance movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I was going to say though, is, is like, it's, it's not substantial, right? Like we talk about. I guess as we're talking about this, I'm realizing now, which it didn't occur to me until right now, but like <laughs> Mary Poppins is a story about like orphans or not right. orphans, um, kids who's like <laughs> kids. mom is fucking run off to yeah. do whatever. And absentee I guess she's parents. In, I can watch Mary Poppins in forever. Mm. Uh, yeah. Absentee parents. And they sort of need a maternal figure in their lives to yeah. help. Also sound of music. Same thing. Uh, there's no mother. So they bring in like a mother figure. And right, they, right, so there's right. sort of an emotional core of it and there's kids. Yeah. I can see how that would probably be more substantial as far as like having a more a more like heavy thread, like a through line through it. Yeah. But this is just sort of like this dude who works a lot in his 
employees who also work a lot are like just trying to bang. Yeah. And then they're like these ladies kind of like everyone like it's not great in terms of like, you know, being like women manipulating people like it's it's sort of like sure. plays into the worst stereotypes of like right. women are just trying to manipulate people right. to rich marry rich dudes and guys are just assholes who want to like have bang maids like right right, right. it's not <laughs> right like i could see how like there's no real arc to any of it sure. and it's not like walter Matthau goes through any kind of change because he's like like why is he such a piece of shit is like is yeah. he a widower is like what's his deal so yeah you're right i guess but no, okay, I just rambled for a minute. My point being that, like, the musical itself also has the same plot, but, like, why do you think that the musical is such a big number and the film ends up being a total disaster? Because it doesn't sound like the actual musical had that much substance in it either. I, I really do think, like, it's this, like, lack of, of, of intention and cohesion. Because, like, the other big thing about it that people were, you know, that I used to not care about because I do like Barbara Streisand was, like, Barbara Streisand is way too young for this role. And, like, watching this, mm-hmm. I was like, I agree 100%. I think a lot of mm-hmm. where... The, the emotional art comes into. And again, it's her, you know, constantly talking to her dead husband and having extended yeah. herself to learn how to do, you know, everything from helping people learn to put on makeup, to playing instruments, to, you know, doing their tax. Like, like she has put herself out there in this world, but she is alone, you know? And when you have an actress who yeah. is older, who you can actually, Barbara Streisand was 26 when they cast her in this. And like, Carol Channing yeah. was already like in her 40s. Again, by Hollywood standards, ancient. She's basically <laughs> right, 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 right. They're like, well, she's only got one more year left in her before we have to take her up behind the barn. Yeah. Um, uh, for someone like so talented, it just feels like there isn't like this, this arc isn't entirely missing. You know, she has that one song that I do really like before the parade goes by where she's like by herself and, you know, talking to her, her dead husband, Ephraim Levi, about like how she doesn't want to be alone and be out in the world. And then, you know, she goes out and she really literally wants to go before the parade passes by because there's a giant ass parade going on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sat there watching that scene be like, oh, you could just see the money bleeding. You could just like if I were a Fox oh, executive. Oh, big time. Yeah, I was just big sitting time. there just like. Like so stressed out again, <laughs> knowing the context of all this, just I, sitting there like, oh my god, oh my god. I get anxiety oh attacks when I see that stuff because yeah. it reminds me of my days as a first AD, and I'm oh, just sure. like, so many fucking extras, so many fucking people that need to go through wardrobe and they need yeah. to get dressed, and they need to put them in makeup, and then you need to feed all those people. And there's extras. I, I always have a panic attack when I watch old movies like that, where I'm like, it's so many people. There's so many, like for, even even from the get go, like these opening shots of like New York City at the end of the century. They have like these big, massive, elaborate sets and like hundreds of extras and, and all of the dance scenes there's just all these like corny kids and like their boutonnieres and like dresses coming out and like the yeah. costumes like it just it looks so expensive and there's it is. The, it, I was just sweating the whole time watching it just like getting like this is too stressful this is like watching like uncut I was gems. too but that's for unrelated <laughs> reasons that's just because how I am you just sweat yeah no it was like uncut levels uh, uncut gems levels of stress like watching this movie get more and more expensive <laughs> as time goes by um, but like just yeah like I again I like Barbara Streisand but like she feels like a 26 year old in this and you know she's giving but like it's just I don't get the sense that this is an older woman who you know who enjoys putting her, her hand in the world because she likes helping people and, and being a busybody but like also because she is lonely and I think that loneliness paired off of a Vandergelder who you know doesn't hate her like the way that Walter Matthau and Barbara Streisand apparently very much hated each other and to me you could get that mm-hmm. entirely like entirely in their performances they had like zero chemistry they were on like completely different 
planets, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. when you have two older people who are just kind of like, you know, putting the brunt of what their romantic lives are in younger people or in just like letting other people boss them around like th- that. Yeah, you can have like this kind of sweet, like low stakes comedy about older people just yeah, being yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to be alone and being alone sucks, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. that is the arc. Like there is, again, this really, um, <laughs> you know. I hear bats shrieking as I say his name. Scott Rudin had produced a really popular revival of Hello Dolly that was on Broadway a few years ago and starred Bette Midler. Oh, okay. And like, and then did Bert, you see it? I, I, I saw it through a <laughs> other means, through other channels. Um, but with oh. Bette Midler, oh, Bette Midler played her. Yeah, it was with Bette Midler, and I think oh, that would have been fun. And Victor Garber, I believe, was the horse Van de Geller. The version I saw was with Bernadette Peters, who took over the role for uh, uh, Bette Midler and uh, Victor Garber, mm-hmm. and it like worked. A lot. It was very, it was very fun. Like I was like, okay, this is a really fun, like angst-free show <laughs> where if you want to just kind of shut your brain off, but also feel like, oh, this is kind of sweet. Like, uh, like it's fun. Like I could see why it would run for you know so long. In the same way that I understand why like shows like Chicago run for so long, or like why shows because like they're fun. Like they're just they're fun to watch. You know. Right. Um, right. Right. It just felt so untethered. Like I didn't know why any of this was happening. You know, it just it's it, yeah. like nothing felt motivated. And like besides, like we're making a big ass movie here, and yeah. <laughs> knowing that even in production that like the studio executives were freaking out about it, and that it was going to sit basically on a shelf for a year later. It's just kind of like, yeah, a lot of it is just the hindsight of knowing what was to come. I guess for me, but Wait, like I'm sorry. So did they know at the time they were filming that it was going to be shelved? I thought we were saying before. I'm confused. Well, so, so 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 what the so David Merrick, the producer of the Broadway show, had it in the contract with yeah. Fox that it could not be released um, until Hello Dolly closed on Broadway or 1971. Okay. And so it was finished filming in right, like right, 1968. Okay, you were this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just like sitting there collecting dust as the show is, you know. Even for a popular Broadway show, the shelf life for it in the greater, you know, pop culture ephemera is short, yeah. you know, <laughs> like that's how yeah. you end up having like these weird ass versions of movies like Rent and Phantom of the Opera, where even if like they're still having an audience on Broadway or in the Broadway community, like yeah. their moment in pop culture in the greater scheme of things is kind of like it's faded. It, it goes quickly, you know, Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that there was not like a lot of love in this, I guess, is what I'm getting at here. Despite the money being yeah. thrown at it, you know, like what are you talking about, Angie? Putting a lot of money behind a project usually means it's good. it's going to be great, right? Happens. That's always what happens, yeah. right? Like that's it, money means quality. That's, that's yeah, how it works. no, but like to me, it feels like a very textbook money over <laughs> money over like love kind of situation going on here. You know, it's not that you can't have both yeah. money and love in a project, but this just had money. Right, is right, is right. what I'm getting at. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. So I think that well, suffice that was it why to I say, I would not have been like a successful uh, Tim and Phil, the film and television executive who greenlights musicals because I looked at this and I was like, yeah, I guess people would have loved this. This <laughs> seems mean, just like the rest of the shit you people like. I was born in 1987, <laughs> so I came out, you know, this movie came out 20 years almost before I was born. And seeing it now, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this feels old fashioned as fuck. You know, um, I'm trying to think of like what, what were some of the big like hits of 1969 versus Hello, Dolly? You know, like what? Actually, you're talking, I think like what is that fucking Easy Rider is 69? I, th- I think Easy, Easy Rider, Rider was 69. Is. Yeah. Let me see. I mean, this is the beginning. Yeah. Easy Rider is 69. So this is like the beginning of New Hollywood. And like right. The right. The studio system. Right. You had Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, like this new generation of film is just now like starting to take over and like something like Hello, Dolly feels yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's actually really interesting to think about it in the context of Easy Rider, of just being like, here's the, it's the absolute antithesis. Like, right. It's just 
two dudes on fucking motorcycles going around. Also, again, in 69, this feels very establishment's not the right word, but it's like it's all about like super whiteness. Again, we continue the trend sure. of watching like the whitest musicals of all time. Which right. Is, like, the fourth <laughs> right. one in a row where I'm just like, I can't deal with how white this is. But that's, <laughs> right. that's an aside. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but like, you know, Easy Rider is like this complete rejection of both of culturally like the moment. I'm sorry, not the moment. The moment becomes a rejection of the culture at large. Sure. Right? This is like the peak of of everything and like the studio system and like, you know, Americana and America yeah. and capitalism and whatever. And just being like, fuck it. Like nothing matters. There's no American dream. We're going to go on these bikes and mm-hmm. just bikes makes it sound like they're on bicycles. They're going to ride on their little <laughs> three wheeler bicycles. There's a lot of bicycles in Hello Dolly. It's so counterculture. Yeah. <laughs> so many of those. I, that would be a, I would actually be, it would have been a fun movie night is to watch Hello Dolly and then watch Easy Rider and be like, these two movies came out at the same time. And which one do you think was more successful? Yeah. Oh man. That is like, oh, that, that I'm going to put that one in my pocket. It's like your nightmare blunt rotation. It's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare 1969 movie rotation. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. like it felt dated even to me. Someone again, born two decades after it came out. And yeah. it's, it's, you can just kind of see all the pieces there. Like the fact that Barbara Streisand was cast, there's a lot of like the big controversy about that was like, Oh, they, the studios wanted to cast someone who one, she had just won an Oscar for funny girl. And like two, they wanted mm-hmm. somebody younger for film. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know how substantiated that is because I think like, filming for funny girl happened like or she was cast while they were filming funny girl so there was like no way they could have conceived that you know she would have won oh the she didn't even fucking won the oscar I, yet. yeah i don't think she'd even won the oscar yet i think Weird. this was also them just taking a huge leap on barbara streisand as well and it just i don't i don't actually know the arc of her career like she was was funny girl like what made her i mean aside from getting the academy award wasn't she already famous when that came out or was she not i don't really know so she actually lost the tony to carol channing as Fanny Bryce and Fanny Girl uh, to, to Carol Channing as Dolly and Hello Dolly. And then, you know, a couple years uh, later, the polls switch she's entirely. Like, bitch. <laughs> it's mine now, bitch. I'm Dolly Levi. Uh, yeah. uh, but, I'm uh, the captain now. Yeah, I, at the end of the day, it was just like kind of another leap of faith these people took. And it's sad because you want to support people for taking a leap of faith, but it's not like this really well-intentioned leap of faith. You know, it's just like we have Barbara Streisand, sure, this young hot it's calculated, thing. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel right young, to hot, the role. Young, hot, famous actress. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, I, I don't know. It's like all of the pieces here just don't line up. There's. It's very funny to me that, like, Michael Crawford is the actor who plays Cornelius Hackle. Um, and mm-hmm. he, he is, he's like one of the most English men to have ever existed. And they have him as like, <laughs> this like, like little New York boy. And what's so funny about this to me is like, apart from like over in the UK, um, in the seventies and eighties, he'd become very popular playing like this kind of dumbass, like this comedic physical dumbass in this show. Some others do mm-hmm. have him. And then he became a late stage sex symbol of the eighties because guess what? He was the oh. one who originated the role of the Phantom of the Opera. And <laughs> oh, I thought I knew that name. Yeah, yes, that's right. I was, I was like, like, that name sounds very familiar. It's Michael Crawford, bitch. And uh, it's just it's very funny to me because like th- that was like the big joke in Broadway. This whole he, time we're watching a Phantom of you, the Opera. You were watching a Phantom of the Opera this whole fucking time. It's like this the, is an origin story for him. It's the astronaut meme. It's around like, the same time. 1890. Right? right. It's not that far off. Right. He's never touched a woman before and he wants to get laid. It's the same thing. Uh, Jesus Christ, Angie, this whole. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it's the astronaut meme. <laughs> like the astronaut with a gun oh to the God. other yeah, astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> it was Phantom the whole time. It was this Phantom is like the whole a thread time. that someone needs to make of just like. Oh. 
<laughs> of just like of, of the ultimate timeline of where the Phantom goes through like every single fucking musical yeah. around that time. Yeah, exactly. Like this is all like it's just like your Pepe Sylvia like board like that's just like Phantom the whole fucking what, time. Yeah, what time? What year does he go to go do uh, Love Never Dies? I forget when he leaves. Oh, it's like eighteen ninety something. I think it's like right at the same time as Hello Dolly because like right. So he's in New York he's at in- this point. So maybe he's, <laughs> this, is, this is theoretically there's a crossover, right? This is right. the MCU of fucking Phantom. Dolly Levi comes. She's and she's like, oh, you're right. Music, huh? So why don't you write some music for this girl, Christine Daae? And I think you can get into her pants if you know what I mean. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, you could do like a, a crossover of all this. Hello, Phantom. Not well, that I'd like hell- to watch this. I'm not. Please <laughs> yeah. don't make this anyone. I'm just saying Guys, this is a fucking joke for the To any of podcast. our listeners who draw fan art, to any of our, our listeners who write fan fiction, I know someone that has it in their heart to write a Love Never Dies, Hello, Dolly crossover. It is sitting right there. Like, this is... <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'm sure, you know, you can get Cameron McIntosh's money to put on a production of Hello, Dolly, that you also get to mash up with um, uh, Love Never Dies, the baby that you will just not let go of. But uh, yeah, like, uh, d- that's brilliant, Kava. See, you're already writing crossover fan fiction about musicals that pertains to Phantom. I can't like, help. I'm so My proud of can't myself. Be contained. But yeah, no, it's just it was just very funny watching <laughs> Hello, Dolly and seeing Michael Crawford here and being like, that man's going to be like the weirdest fucking sex symbol to come out of the 80s. Like... Just the what is what a what a what a fucking shocker that one was. So uh, good on you, Michael Crawford. If you're listening to this, please don't ever. Good for her. Me. Good for her. But um, yeah, like it's just I don't know. Everything just feels kind of all over the place with this movie. And again, going back and thinking about Hello Dolly's stage show itself, it feels yeah. like a shame because it is a fun show. Like uh, mm-hmm. I'm not it's, I'm not the hugest fan of it. I think a lot of the music is honestly like really kind of forgettable, except for like a couple of like obviously like. The Hello Dolly title song is fantastic, but even then, yeah. that one goes on for like eight hours. So many dancing waiters. This whole movie is it's what it's like two hours and twenty minutes. It's, I think, it's not that long, long of a movie. Like it is a pretty, and the musical is about the same length. Um, but like there's one hundred forty six. Yeah. So much, so much dancing, so many, so many waiters, and you know what, Dolly? Yeah, does- it's like a good project, right? It's like when they somebody did that. Well, who somebody like edited all the fucking. Uh, prequel Star Wars movies and they took out Jar Jar and they like made it into or somebody like made it into one film they could do that with Hello Dolly and just take yeah. out all the dancing and see how long just the fucking movie is right. it's, like, it's a right. short film it's like what they did with like the thief and the cobbler like the the, the famous animated movie like where they had like the cobbled yeah. cut and just someone does Hello Dolly without all of the dancing and then that movie is now 45 minutes long yeah 45 minutes they're like uh, there's not a really uh, fucking yeah. film here maybe the whole time they shot that and then they're like sorry it's not long enough we need to go add more yeah. dancing and Gene we Kelly need- just went crazy he's just like fine you want dancing Fuck you. Here's your dancing. Um, but uh, yeah. Do you remember like, that I, Sideshow Bob, uh, that episode of uh, Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps stepping on the rake? Yes. yes it's the it's Cape that. Fear episode where he's like, my, That is like my so, favorite 25 minutes of TV. Do I remember that? That is like my favorite episode yes, of Simpsons. So the, so. the reason for that is apparently they were short. So like they're supposed oh. to be like 21 minutes or whatever in like 37 <laughs> seconds. And they were like 15 seconds short. So they just extended that gag over and over again to like fill Love the time, it. which ended up becoming this like weirdly iconic thing. But yeah, like that's probably what happened with the dancing. Yeah, that's like that's just, <laughs> just just more of it. Just just throw more of it, more of it, more of it. Um, more, yeah, I mean, more. All that said, like it didn't turn me off from Hello Dolly. It just made me like, I don't know. It was just kind of like you could just see like the writing on the wall, like that this shit is passing into a different era now, and that we're moving on from it. I'm not saying I'm like, oh, it's great. I love it. Sure, yeah, no, no. I, I couldn't tell the difference. I think if this has come out like five years earlier, it probably would have been a big hit. 
Honestly, probably. It would have just blended right in with everything else that was happening before the culture collapsed and before right. like, there was a complete rejection of, of this seems very establishment. But yeah. Right. It just seems like the epitome of like wrong place, wrong time. Like, yeah, wrong place. Yeah, wrong place at the wrong time. Exactly. At like pretty much every level. Like, like and yeah, again, I, I, you know, I don't think this movie is bad, but it is just kind of like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm glad I watched it. It was fun to revisit it. I had not seen it. I think since Wally came out, that was the last time I'd watched it. Uh, just cause like I was so obs- I saw Wally like six times in theaters. I love Wally. I love it's, that fucking uh, movie. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Wally cause you and I will go off on that for fucking five hours. Yeah. But, um, on the uh, whole, surely. I, 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 I'm very like, you know, from your perspective, I do see like, you know, some of the movies that we've watched, especially in this last like month or so of, of films where we've been kind of doing a, a roundup yeah. of more classic musical film version or more more of the classical musicals and their film versions you know some of the ones that are kind of not the most popular but like still exist like i'd you know i'd put Mm -hmm. this it's middling you know (laughs) like i'm like i don't i like it's fine it's fine it's totally fine it's totally fine and uh totally fine i guess totally fine sometimes means you are kind of the death knell for a, a trend in movies I do want to say, like, to any of the listeners who want to know more about this, because honestly, the most fascinating thing about Hello, Dolly is all the behind the scenes stuff. There's a fantastic book called Roadshow um, that is about the the roadshow. And and a lot of it inevitably ends up talking about Hello, Dolly and how it kind of killed this aspect of film. But uh, they should make a documentary about it. Uh, I would watch that. If I would it was watch like a Hearts of Darkness of type thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Make a Ken Burns Roadshow. Yeah. And it's it's really fun to read. Like, there's a lot of contests there, like you're saying, like it's the end of the studio system. It's the yeah. end of the set 60s. Yeah. It's the end of musicals it's all embodied with this one thing yeah yeah and sort of how yeah uh, that would be a really there you go angie it's the second pitch for today it's another million dollar idea (laughs) right there right there right there it's like yes our our, like 12 hour long documentary about the road show um but i do highly recommend that like sincerely i'm going out of my way now to use this airspace to say go read this book because it's really fun and it's also just like really well written um and gave me a whole new appreciation for film musicals even ones like this that don't necessarily (laughs) pan out to I think what people wanted them to be. Yeah. Hello, Dolly was fine. It was like, she's, I was expecting someone to say hello, Dolly. They said they it did at some point, the yeah. titular line game. Yeah. I was like, yeah. there it is. They had Manny and um, Danny. Yes. And- I, I don't have any particular feeling about it one way or another. Cause every sure. musical we watch is a slog for me. <laughs> so it's like being, you know, having to stop it multiple times and rewatch again is just mm. par for the course. Mm hmm. But I didn't hate it and it didn't bother me necessarily. Sure, there sure. was a lot of dancing. That's okay. Uh-huh. I'm just like, it's too long. But again, I don't have anything interesting to say about it beyond just sure. being like, why was this a failure as opposed to anything sure. else? It seems sort of like it would blend in. But as I said, I've exposed myself as a bad musical studio executive sure. um, who would be fired, which means I would be a successful one because I'm not good, which means I should be rich. So maybe I should right. become a musical film yeah. executive. Yeah, you don't have your like your hand too much into the pot. Like you're able to step back and just be like, "Look, yeah. <laughs> I don't care." Yeah, the idiots will love this one. That's right. great. Right. <laughs> uh, so you know, tune in next week. You like when- dancing, don't you? You morons. <laughs> here's some for the daddies. Uh, yeah, here's some for the dads. Here's all the dancing you can eat. It's all that. It's like again, another sense. Oh, you like dancing, eh? Here's all the dancing in the world. Just cramming it in your face as you're tied in like the fifth layer of hell. And you're just like more, more, more. You know what? Hello, Dolly. 
really reminded me of? It reminded me of every Simpsons musical parody. I mean, obviously they get hyper specific. They're like, <laughs> yes, this is clearly parodying like that's Beauty and the accurate. Beast, but like, I feel like so, like this is clearly doing Music Man or Beauty and the Beast. But I'm like, this feels like what every general Simpsons musical parody is like built totally. off of. Um, like that's what I was saying there. Like this just feels like ape I, I see, see yes. from chimpanzee to chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Yeah, yes, um, I agree with that. Yeah, we put the spring in Springfield. In Springfield. Like, it, it does feel like that, like a lot of the basis of a musical parody in The Simpsons is Jerry Herman and specifically Hello, Dolly. That was like the one revelation that I did have. I was that, like, damn. That seems, very, that, that seems very accurate to me. Yeah, I feel like that's very true. Uh, we'll one day get to our like, you know, spinoff podcast. It's just about The Simpsons and musical theater and film references. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could compile it all into like one thing at some point because there's, there's enough of them where we could probably there's do an so, episode. And now so everyone's going to be like, you got to do The Simpsons I know, episode. I know, Fuck. Well, so there you have it, folks. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Let us know your thoughts on Hello, Dolly. Yes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Musical Splaining with no G and at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. Uh, we always love to see, uh, you know, production photos. I'm sorry, uh, photos of productions that you've been in and fun stories. Obviously, I say this all the time. Twitter is always better for this than Instagram because we can't really share it. And also yeah. the Instagram app is terrible for anything yeah. other than looking at pictures. Yeah, right. Or buying expensive pants <laughs> that you don't need. Or buying expensive <laughs> pants, yeah. Uh, as far as me on Instagram, I am at Permafriends on Instagram and I am at um, Kavitaharian on Twitter. Also, I'm going to be at DesignerCon next month. Ooh. Um, so take keep a lookout for me if you guys are going to be in Anaheim. Uh, forget the date of it. I should probably know that. Uh, it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be November. November. Remember November the twenty first of November. No. Remember. I, remember. Remember. Remember the eighteenth of November because that's going to be when go. I'm. At, oh, actually, no, I'm going to be there on the 19th. Sorry, I won't be there on Friday. Oh, but 19th and 20th, I'll be at DesignerCon in Anaheim. Please come see me. Please come buy books. Come tell me that I'm great and that you love the podcast and that Angie is a better host than I am. And I will agree with you. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, I have nothing nice to say about Kava, uh, but I am... Uh, yeah. <laughs> No. I don't either. It's okay. <laughs> I, I I just love getting to do this every every you know week and getting to sit and revisit you know my life's uh, passions and go what the fuck's wrong with me and on that note I am a uh, Y Angelina Y on Twitter that's W H Y uh Y uh Y Angelina Y on Twitter and Angelina underscore C on Instagram. And of course, yes. please follow our sponsor links. Yes. Tell other people about us. Don't tell them bad things. Although yeah. I guess sometimes if you want to say that it's really bad and then people are like, oh, I got to see how bad. If you want to hate, <laughs> listen to us. Yeah. As long as you're listening, that's all wanna, I care about. You want to be like, you want to see a fucking train wreck? Go, go. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, listen go listen to, to this. Yeah. <laughs> fucking musical explaining. It's the worst podcast of all time. Tell listen, every, tell your friends. We're just two, two musical theater podcasters who are widows who don't want to die alone and don't want to be left yes. behind when the parade goes by. So please click our links. Yes. We're trying to marry <laughs> rich people. Links, please. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note. Goodbye, Kava. Goodbye, Dolly. <laughs> Goodbye, Kava. It's Goodbye, so nice Andy. to sit and talk about these shows. You're looking swell, Kava. Okay. <laughs>